0: What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer. Hope all is well. We survived most of the West Coast road trip. For all those staying up late watching on Fox Sports New Orleans or listening on ESPN New Orleans, we appreciate you. One more game to go on the road trip as the Pelicans will take on the Timberwolves on Saturday night. Unfortunately, things have not gone too well for the Pelicans as they are one in four after falling to Utah twice in the last three days. Our special guest making her second appearance on the Pelicans podcast this season is Aaron Hargan, host of Pelicans pregame, halftime, and postgame. She joins us now. Erin, uh, how are you dealing with staying up late? I know it's been a struggle for me. I'm sure it's a struggle for everyone. I uh, hope you survived the late night's.
1: Well, it's why I'm currently, and again, I, I, I have to keep in mind that this is mainly an audio podcast and I know viewers can't see me, but I am currently parked in a Starbucks parking lot. um, waiting for my to-go orders have like been life-changing. That's completely changed the Starbucks game for me. Um, so yeah, lots of caffeine um, has certainly helped. In fact, I was actually thinking about this the other day. How do people not drink coffee Like how do people not like when you wake up, why, how is coffee not the first thing you want in the morning? It's a genuine, it's a genuine question for discussion.
0: Let's ask Jim who does not drink coffee. I'm going (laughs) to call you out right
1: here.
2: I knew you were going to come to me on that, Daniel, because I knew you knew that fact about me. Yeah. I don't like coffee. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just naturally energetic. I'm not sure, but I've never really needed it.
1: Are you an energy drink fan?
2: No. I don't do any, i don't take anything or drink anything for to get get going i i guess i'm just fired up about life in the, in the pelicans job so that bundle of joy doing, is listen. all
0: natural he's just a, a bundle of life no matter the time of day exactly listen, i think
1: my, i think i think everyone listening right now would tell me to get on jim's level like put away the caffeine aaron put away like like stop like calm down because i am just like ah. But I am also high on life because Jim Eichenhofer is with us. So David bails, right? So he was supposed to be out. uh, Those listening, please give David Wesley a hard time for bailing on us.
2: I am quickly over it because Jim, Jim is back in my life. So I am pumped. Well, thank you. I, I was thinking maybe one of us could do like our, a David Wesley impression, like just pretend that we're him and see if anyone could catch on, but that probably wouldn't be executed very well. So I'll li- listen I'll tell you, all all you have to,
1: all you have to do is if I ask you for like a bold prediction you give me like two or three. If I ask for like one pretty like hey Jim which Eastern Conference contender will be in the NBA finals and you say well really anyone 1 through 9 could be that's that's the da- that's David Wesley essentially. So
0: <laughs> fair enough and we might have to get to that in a little bit. But Aaron uh, let's touch on something that you all debuted last night inside the locker room with AD and David just I feel like you have the hardest job on the planet and maybe the easiest job on a planet dealing with those two on a night in a night out basis. What's it like with them just being able to just talk basketball and all get to do it on television. And it just seems like you all just have a really good chemistry um, and the fact that you enjoy what you all do.
1: Well, I I tell people this all the time. They're like, wow. what one, I think viewers are like, wow, we actually like get to see more of David Wesley this year. We get to know him. Like and they're like, wow, he's actually really fun. I'm like, it's amazing what happens when he has a bit more time to talk, right? Um, and then when you get him and AD together, I mean, it's just it's so natural. It's so genuine, it's so fun. And people are like, Wow, they're they're really good together. I mean, people are like shocked, right? They're like coming to be like, wow, they're actually really good together. And I'm like, they're, they're friends away from this. I mean, that's, that's as genuine as it comes. I mean, they are best friends. They are, you know, in a a typical year, I mean, they're going out to lunches and they're hanging out off the floor and that shows on essentially. So, um, for me, it's been super enjoyable. And I love that we kind of have, we've implemented a new segment that kind of just allows for the two of that. No, no host, you eliminate me, which is always a good move. And, you know, you have, you know, you, you, you kind of go in, you know, they kind of take you inside that locker room and like that world that they lived in and, and they're, they're raw, they're real about a number of topics. I mean, they have, they obviously have fun together, but they got into some pretty um, serious, very very powerful uh, topics last night. And I don't know, I just, I appreciate that about them. Um, I, I appreciate that they open up enough to allow the viewers to really get to know them. And I hope the viewers feel that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure it's such a obviously I can't watch it during the game just because of the fact that I'm doing the pregame show on the radio, but uh, guessing by people's reaction I'm, I'm sure it's such a fun show and a fun segment for you guys, but we do have to talk some basketball here. Unfortunately, it hasn't been a, a kind week for the Pelicans here on this West Coast trip. They are one in four and a chance to wrap things up on Saturday against the Timberwolves. A very big game as far as getting another win on the road. And Jim, I was talking about this last night in the postgame show, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for this team, but if you look at the four losses, who they're playing, it's the top three teams in the Western Conference. The Utah Jazz have moved up, tied for second with the Clippers, who the Pelicans lost to, and then the Los Angeles Lakers. But, I mean, there's been some tough teams on this road trip that, you know, with a new team trying to go through chemistry and, and trying to figure out a new system, a new coach, that's a tough thing to deal with when you're you're facing three of the top teams that could also contend for a championship.
2: Sure. and And by the way, I appreciate the invite to this Pelicans support group. I feel like it's... Yeah. Gonna gonna make me feel better today. Um, no, I agree completely. Like if one thing I've noticed is that it seems like the outcome of every game on this road trip has been kind of tied to the chemistry or lack of chemistry of the opponents. Um, the way, what we've seen from Utah the last couple of games has been really impressive. You can see a team that has played a lot together. They've incredibly had the same starting lineup in every game this season, which almost seems impossible under the circumstances of, you know, the short off season that has maybe contributed to some injuries and obviously the COVID and COVID related stuff, but they just look like they're so far advanced compared to some of the other teams in the league, just based on the fact that they have such good chemistry, they're passing, they just seem like they know where each other is going to be. And the Pelicans don't, I mean, they, they definitely have a lot of work to do as far as, you know, just having more cohesiveness. And then you have, you know, the Lakers obviously won the championship last year they've been pretty impressive too with the way they've started the season where you would think maybe they'd start a little bit sluggishly based on that they had maybe barely two months to get ready for this season. Um, And Sacramento is the one win on this trip was the the Kings of, I think are still on kind of a historic and not in a good way um, rate as far as defensively. So, and then the Clippers game, I thought that was the most, that was definitely the most encouraging loss that the Pelicans have had in quite some time. And the Clippers are still also trying to find their way. You know, a lot of people, I know the p- couple of Pelicans players said this, that they, people were projecting that to be a route with the Pelicans hung in there and only lost by five. So I just see a lot of um, the chemistry factor being a, a big, uh, big, you know, swing in some of these games so far. And I think that's what's happened a lot on this road trip.
1: Yeah, I think the Clippers had to basically kind of pull it out in clutch time over the Pels. Like you said, that, that was a promising win that, I think the difference, you know, when you look at the Pelicans meeting the top three in the West, um, I think the difference is shooting, depth, and even for what I gathered last night, attrition. So obviously the Pelicans, you know, they're, they're up double digits on these teams at, at one point, right? And, and so they have the ability to compete with these guys and to dominate at times. It's just a matter of sustaining it. And one thing I think I noticed last night was, you know, we went – you know, Pelt. I say we, I gotta, I gotta be better with that guys, yeah. but I'm so invested. I love this team. It's, I can't mm-hmm. lie anymore. Um, you know, I, I, uh, Pels, you know, they went full throttle in the first quarter and I, they, they went to the bench at, at, at the conclusion of the opening frame. And I looked at Nancy and I said, they look gassed. And Utah just kept coming at them, coming at them all, all four quarters, Utah did not stop. And I'm like, is this now a matter of like, conditioning and, and just, you know, like the, the, the ability to physically sustain this for four quarters. I mean, you know, we, we always question kind of the, between the ears, the mentality, but is this a physical thing now, especially with like some of the the, the shooting, you know, BI, like what happened to him in the second half? Like, where did he go? Someone find a BI, we need him, you know? And, and I, I, so I don't know, like, what do do y'all make of that very small, uh, you know, observation I made last night?
2: I think some of it is also just goes back to defensively um, the game. People always talk about how the NBA game is really long. It's obviously 48 minutes. College is only 40. High school is only 32. When you don't defend consistently, the game is really, really long. If you have a 20 point ha- lead in the first half, it doesn't mean anything if you're not getting stops. And I think attrition is a good word as far as, you know, you reference the conditioning, but to me, it's defensively. If you're, if you have a lot of holes in your defense and you're not consistent and you're not getting stops, it's almost like eventually the dam kind of breaks where, you know, even in the first quarter when the Pelicans had the best offensive quarter of the season, I think it was with 43 points, they still gave up 31. So they didn't have a huge lead. It just seemed like over time, Utah would figure out that more and more things. And then all of a sudden, you know, even like a six, eight point lead means nothing in the NBA in general but it really means nothing when you're not defending well. So I think it's, that- all, it's
1: like always an uphill climb. It's just yeah. all, you know, you're, you're, you're making the hole deeper and you're making the hill steeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that's a great point.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly is. And the one thing I've noticed in, in these games too, you talk about the good starts, but then the other team, whether it's the Jazz Clippers Lakers make that one run that kind of puts a bow on everything, just from the fact that, the offense is being dictated by how the defense is playing and when the defense starts struggling the offense just starts getting stagnant not being able to get good shots that they were getting earlier and I'm not sure if it's just a mental thing or just an execution standpoint but you can tell last night when they made that huge run in the third quarter after that it was basically all she wrote for the Pelicans I think that's something that has been a big problem especially in those third quarters they get off to such a rough start and after that I mean, you talk about, you know, putting all your fight into battling for four quarters, you lose all the the energy and the muster to try to get back in the ball. You're also, well, you know,
1: I, oh, so, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jim. You're this, also seen, this is the Jim show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're, I think what you're also seeing too, just real quick point is um, compared to even five, 10 years ago, some of these runs happen so fast because you see teams get hot from three point range and they're taking so many that, I mean, that's another factor that, um, has really hurt the pelicans lately is you know utah makes three or four three pointers in two minutes and all of a sudden it's like a 16 to two run and in a blank you went from up five to down by 10 or whatever so that's the three-point shooting has been is a huge factor as well and just the, some of these swings and how you can you know be watching the game at home and then go grab a sandwich and then you come back and the game is completely changed that it's definitely it's always been the way that is in the nba but i think it's more than, more now than ever because of that factor
1: and I know uh you know another difference with where the top three teams are and and where the Pelicans are are trying to to get um is and and Steven Adams actually pointed this out um, after shoot around the other day but he said you know these are teams especially Utah he said that it's just a group of guys that are are just playing well to you see that chemistry they're just playing well together they have bought into Quinn Snyder's system and that's tangible that's visible on the floor and Stephen you know kind of alluded to that's kind of where we're trying to get so I think we just we have to be you know we have to we have to keep in mind that you know Stan is just I mean still getting this thing started I mean they have like what like a two-week training camp if that so I mean at this point I mean they'd just be getting the season started at this point if you were looking at you know the number of training days into the season and. I don't know. We, I think we just have to, you know, give that time, but you know, you see what buying into the coach's system can do. And when you have, when, when we have leaders on the floor that are kind of, you know, encouraging guys to, to, you know, buy it, you know, it, it's like Stephen Adams and JJ as I'm just like talking in circles here. It's like Stan mentioned, those are kind of the two guys in the locker room. They're helping him get the younger guys to buy in. And so I think we just give it time, but that's, that was an interesting observation Stephen made. I know.
2: I think, too, Utah has great role definition. Everyone knows exactly, like, this is what I'm out here on the floor to do. Um, Royce O'Neal, I think, is a great example of that in terms of he knows that he's not out there to score. He's going to make some shots. He's going to drive a little bit here and there. He's going to make threes. But um, he, he knows that, you know, Mitchell is going to be the go-to guy. They're going to get points from Conley and Bogdanovich. Gobert's not also not out there to score. I'm sure he probably would like to get more touches as every player would and and a lot of bigs would, but um, they they know exactly what each guy needs to do for the team to be successful. I think to to your point, um, that's something that the Pelicans are still sorting through as far as, you know, guys that have overlapping skills or overlapping strengths. And you have it it does take time sometimes to figure out like how do I best benefit the team. And it might not be what I've done my whole career of eight, 10, whatever years in the league. It might be something a little different. But, um, but they definitely have to figure that out because it does seem like from night to night, you don't know exactly who's going to do what beyond um, Zion and, and, and Brandon Ingram obviously know that they're going to be the focal point of the offense. But the, after that, um, the third score, for example, it seems like it's constantly changing, which is fine in some cases, but I think in a team where you have all these new guys and you have people in, trying to figure out their roles, it can be pretty detrimental.
1: Okay. Let me ask you a quick question. Follow up. Sorry, Daniel, but okay, if, if you were to look at a typical calendar year, a typical NBA schedule, training camp into the season, I'm trying to think we would be, I mean, we would, we would be, we would be just starting the season, right? If you gave it like a month of training camp, maybe, and then you yeah. got to factor in the preseason games. We only got two, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and I know you guys have talked about it a lot of the podcast, but this particular year also just kind of we just, we just have to be very – we have to be a little a bit more forgiving maybe <laughs> right. than, than we typically are. And, and the future is bright. We've seen that with guys like you know Kyra. Oh, my gosh. I want to see Kyra get more minutes. Am I the only one who at the end of the game is like, let's get him some run, right? That, like What would Greg mm-hmm. Popovich do in this moment? He would get some of those young guys minutes now because that's going to pay dividends in the long run, right?
2: I mean, this is a whole other conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. But um I, I always talk about – I'm sure I brought this up a few times already that – this season that um, in the summertime, a lot of times, especially before the previous season, a lot of times we're like, you know, we're okay being patient. We know it's about the future, but then when the games start happening and you start losing games, a lot of that patience goes away. And I'm the same way. I want to win. I mean, everyone's competitive, but, um, but like you said, the one thing that is encouraging is that you can see the young talent with, whether it's Cairo, whether it's the way that Nikhil's played lately. So I definitely don't feel like my, opinion about the future of the team has changed a lot, but based on what's happened in the first 14 games, but as far as the competitiveness for this season, there's no way that you could say that that hasn't probably been altered, at least a little bit that you thought that they would be able to be more competitive so far. All
0: right. Well, my, my zoom time is popped up here. We got less than 10 minutes to go here.
2: So I do want to,
0: before I let you both go um, give me something positive that stuck out to you uh, about this road trip. And I feel like, for example, the way Zion's been playing Um, how efficient he's been, has been unbelievable, but we can go around Aaron. I'll start with you. What, what stuck out to you um, in a good way about what's happened on this road trip?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Zion is, I mean, he, it's a treat, just, it's, it's a privilege getting to watch him on a nightly basis. because we're seeing history made nearly every night by him. He became the youngest player in NBA history to put up back to back 30 pointers shooting 70% or better. So, you know, he's just, as I mentioned, he's just, he's, he's been exceptionally efficient of late, um, I will say to my Zion point, and, and this, is, this is a bit of an amendment to the hot take that I made on the previous Pels podcast visit, Daniel Sellerson. But to catch Jim up, I went out on a limb and I predicted that the Pels would have two All-Stars this year. I said BI and Zion. Now, one, I'm thinking they got to start winning if that's going to happen. But two, if I had to roll with one of the two. I'm going Zion based on fan vote alone. Now that also begs the question, Jim, with no game this year, so with fans unable to actually see like LeBron and Luka lob show to Zion, does that hinder the fan vote with this just being a unique year? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think fan vote alone, I think we see Zion named an all-star this year. What do y'all think?
2: You know, that's a good question. There's so much going on right now in the NBA and with the Pelicans that I haven't even thought about all-star stuff at all. And are they even doing fan voting this year, considering there's not going to be a game? I'm not sure. That's a conversation <laughs> we might have to have some other time. Are we
1: going to have, have a fun. second half? I don't know. That's 2021.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think they'll name kind of like the Pro Bowl. I think they'll do an all-star yeah. team, but not actually play an all-star game. So I think there, there's got to be some fan voting involved. I right.
1: Think. Hot, take, Hot take Zion will be an all-star. Okay. There we go. I amended yeah. it just a bit.
2: Um, with the, with the shot clock running down, I, I think I'll, my, my positive from the road trip, I guess would be just the way that Nikhil Alexander Walker's played. Um, I think last night he showed just driving to the basket is something that they need from the guards. You got to get way more free throw attempts than, than the Pelicans have gotten from their backcourt. Um, so that's something I think that's, that can help the offense and just big picture wise, the way he's played is, is going to be important. You know, if he can continue, continue to make strides um in the big picture that's probably more important than, than the fact that they've lost some games to really good teams so far on this road trip um so that's that's probably the thing that I've been the most encouraged by in addition to just watching Zion just power through Rudy Gobert like he's you know like he's nobody even though he's a def- former defensive player of the year so that that's my those are my
0: takeaways Absolutely. There's still so much time left in this season. We don't even talk about, you talked about the youth of this team. I mean, they're one of the youngest teams in the NBA, top five, as far as youngest teams. So I feel like they'll get it together at some point, but a very important game on Saturday against the Timberwolves, 7 p.m. You can watch Aaron and David in AD at 6.30 on Saturday, and you can listen to the pregame show on ESPN New Orleans at 6.30. A couple time changes. Don't forget, we talk about these late games. Well, now Monday's <laughs> game is now at 8 p.m., <laughs> against the san antonio spurs wednesday's game against the wizards has moved back to 8 p.m and then next saturday against the rockets it went from a six o'clock to a seven o'clock tip so just when we think we're getting out of the late games they reel us back in at home and so those games will be a little later but it's due to health and safety protocols making sure testing goes through properly so we definitely understand that from you know the season is is not going to be uh normal at all but um hopefully the pelicans get back on track so glad to catch up with both of you I know it's so hard for Jim to make an appearance on the show with all the other endorsements that he has and, you know, living on his private Island here somewhere. Um, <laughs> on the coast. I don't even know where he is right now. Um, can, and I there-
1: just say, uh, can I just say Jim, yes. Jim, Jim just, Jim just got me fired up on life that I think I'm going to pull a gym and forego the second cup of coffee on the day, because ooh, I, I don't think I need another one after after doing this. So thank you all for putting up with me here for about twenty minutes.
2: <laughs> that's that's progress. I, I'll I'll take that. No second cup. I'll take that as progress. Are you just gonna that's screech me. out of the parking
0: lot? Is that how it's gonna go? You're just gonna kind of be like peace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this this support group is working out. Uh, also, this is the Antonio Daniel setup. So I think I'm, I'm, I might just you know he he's always in a car somewhere. So uh, but we are being safe. There is stoppage and Jim. Please don't ever
0: bail on us again because this was fun. All right. So as we mentioned, Saturday night Pelicans in Timberwolves, 7 p.m. Central Time. We can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM. And then we'll see you finally back at home on Monday against the San Antonio Spurs after the longest road trip. Now it's the longest homestand of the first half of the season. For Aaron Hargan, Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CE.